Hello, Assalamu alaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And it is right now 4.27 a.m. in the morning, Sunday. Yes, because of course I couldn't sleep. Well, I am an insomniac and especially since I returned to this country, uh, I have had problems with sleep. And even though I do, if I do by some miracle manage to regulate it, um, then there will always be somebody or something that would come and destroy it. And then it would take me again another whole year to regulate it. So that's an ongoing vicious cycle. But apart from that, actually, I was also um, getting updates on what's going on so that I can have something to say to you all about what's going on. First of all, I'm still heavily disappointed at Canadians' indecisive um, attitude, really. Um, I don't understand why they've still left their person, Khadija Shah, in jail, especially after the fact that um, it's been proven that she is probably being tortured and more than that. Uh, secondly, um, kudos to the Australian Parliament who are actually thinking about various methods that could be used to sanction particular individuals in Pakistan who are right now wreaking havoc. And by particular individuals, we all know who they mean because they're talking about those people who are right now violating the constitution, the sovereignty of the state and the rights of the people. And the fact that these people, these the illegal government is actually trying um, civilians in military courts has been um, an issue that is being debated in the Australian government. And this is a good thing. This is a good sign. I know people suddenly got a bit scared um, as per Mohit Pirzada, I mean, according to him, it seems that people got a bit fearful that maybe they're talking about sanctioning Pakistan. And he's right, people should not, because they're not talking about sanctioning Pakistan. They're talking about sanctioning the people who are harming Pakistan, uh, which is, you know, I mean, come on, you should, you guys, you should be ashamed of yourselves that um, you guys are harming your own people and, and somebody so far away um, who's not even your neighbor is heavily concerned about what you're doing. Um, there is somebody on the outside looking in the inside and horrified at your acts. Uh, so we've got some, uh, the, the public, as you know, the public is extremely peed off, extremely peed off. As I said, the public is going to boil because that violence, as I keep on saying, that violence that Imran Khan was trying to stop, which is why he did not allow the public to flood the gates uh, when he was ousted. And as I said, that was a very bad idea because that violence is going to erupt tenfold at the end of the day. Because when the public um, controls itself, in other words, when the public controls itself uh, and when it waits at home and sees what's going on, that is when the traitors, the illegal parties, uh, that is when they step in, the perpetrators, that is when they step in and they initiate or incite or provoke violence in order to instill fear amongst the public. And that is exactly what they did. So the public should have had the upper hand. There would have been no violence again because Imran Khan himself has testified to the fact that yes, whenever the public has come out flooding the streets at the call of Imran Khan, not a single incident, not a single incident, one or two very, very badly failed attempts by uh, Maryam Nawaz and her goons and PPP and their goons, uh, but very miserably failed because as I said that time, even the police refused to follow the orders.
and the police instead protected the people. But now, as we have it, we have, uh, first of all, there is something that I have been, before I digress any further, uh, this is another update, because as you know, I have been questioning this for the past three years, and I've even quest- laid down this question in my podcast, why on earth has nobody questioned the uh, the illegality of uh, recording somebody's conversations or tampering with somebody's uh, private residence by wiretapping them or, um, you know, setting up hidden bugs on cameras. And why was, I mean, why is nobody questioning the, you know, the crime of it, the, the, the criminality of it? And finally, so now High Court, Lahore High Court has woken up. Thank you very much. I swear, I have I have really a huge resentment towards Lahore High Court. And I think most of us do. Because the problem with Lahore High Court is that they are, again, most of, most of the time the judges in Lahore High Court are the minions. Those same judges who are bribed or blackmailed or just, you know, minions who were hired you know, uh, uh, through nepotism or through bribery, uh, in you know, uh, in 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 their capacity of judges by Nawaz Sharif's uh, party members and Nawaz Sharif himself. These these judges have always always turned a blind eye to whatever it is that Shabash Sharif is doing or his son is doing. Like how you know they decided that they had the, there was no case against them and they decided that they should go scot free and. As similarly, nobody put a case against Maryam Nawaz when she, uh, you know, um, when 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 they when Nawaz Sharif before when when they uh, violated the sanctity of the court by barging in and breaking stuff and damaging property, and trespassing, and then again nobody dis- decided to you know imprison Maryam Nawaz when uh, or ask her even as to why she was attacking nab's office or the building and why uh, she was making uh, hateful comments and hate speeches against imran khan and against the people of pakistan and why was she inciting violence and why was she provoking people uh, so nobody questioned her on that but all those cases that were supposed to be made on her for these exact criminal acts they very neatly put them on Imran Khan, which this is why actually it probably outraged the people even more. I mean, I know that it pissed me off big time because I was like, okay, you know what, you desis, that's all you can do. You lie as you breathe. The minute you open your damn bloody mouths, you just lie because you don't even know what truth is. You don't know how to tell the truth. And that is, you know, so typically Desi of Maryam Nawaz, so typically Paki of her, that she would go and just spout lies like that. And, and her people, you know, I, I would say sometimes when I get really, really sarcastic, I would simply say that, you know, they are really the true representatives of the people of Pakistan. Yes, because the amount of lies and the amount of trash that spews from their mouth, they have no dignity, they have no self-worth, they have no self-respect. They, you know, the class that they belong to at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much wealth they amass all over the world. At the end, their mentality still belongs to that that class that they originally belonged to. And that is as simple as that. So, yeah, but finally, Lahore Court has decided to wake up and uh, they have, uh, you know, made a decision. Or Although, why would they have to make a decision? I don't know, because this is part of the law. Hello, we've, those of us who have studied the law, we know that both in Islamic law 
and in secular law which again is basically derived from islamic law all over the world uh you know as i said trespassing stalking uh you know peeping um surveillance uh all of this is uh, these these are all crimes of intrusion of one's private space and one's privacy to which the prophet himself said that you could actually physically attack the person doing it so you can physically attack a person who has trespassed into your property or somebody who's peeping in through your windows or doors to see what you're doing you can physically attack somebody who's cyber stalking you you can physically attack somebody who is stalking you you can physically attack somebody who has broken your privacy or, or or should i say the person who has violated your personal space in any manner so hello i mean were the judges asleep all this time they, they should have immediately asked for the source of these videos as we know most of these videos that they were using to blackmail other judges and other people in certain positions and uh, pti members the it's the same strategy that they've always used they would bug somebody's conversation now first of all this is a law that if anybody um who without the permission of the parties involved bugs their conversation or records their conversation um that is illegal because again it pertains to privacy laws um and, and especially if you are trying to bug somebody in their private residence or in a place where they've gone for vacation that is also considered at that moment their private residence so that is also illegal the fact that maryam nawaz in what capacity was she ordering all of this to be done before it was her father who was it, uh, doing it okay at least he had a capacity he was the prime minister then he was the chief minister fine but still even in that capacity he had no right to order any such thing done and the fact that he taught his daughter to go on with that and again the fact that people went with that because you need you can't just send your own minions to do that um the fact that she used which i keep on saying which which the court has still not mentioned they're probably too scared to or maybe it hasn't yet uh, got into their brains they haven't yet understood it i don't know but this is another point i've been making for a long time in what capacity did the establishment or this intelligence agencies listen to maryam nawaz all this time planting bugs in people's homes and in their private residences and tampering with uh, their uh, surveillance and um surveilling them actually or you know wiretapping them this is all illegal and the fact that they were listening to somebody who has no position i mean she has no status she's not even in the government so why were they listening how could they take orders from her direct orders how could the isi take direct orders from maryam nawaz to work with the cia to kill ashraf sharif the journalist in kenya okay then question number 2 in what capacity is maryam nawaz still using the intelligence agencies to bug her opponents or her rivals or even her own people for all you know in what capacity is the intelligence agencies listening to maryam nawaz's orders that's what i want to know and i think that's what the court should also ask because they are our servants the intelligence agency belongs to the state who's the state the public 
So in what capacity is that woman giving orders and in what capacity are they all listening to those orders? Does she think that she brought she that her mother brought this country with her in her dowry or something? You don't own this fucking country. Okay? Your mother didn't own jack shit. So hello, hold your horses. Now on the other side, we also have uh, okay, so the the court has woken up and finally declared that all these tapes and all these uh, audios and videos that they have been uh, subjected to investigating, um, the judges have declared that they are inadmissible in the first instance in any way because we don't even know what the source is. And even if there is a source, a third party or even a party concerned who has without the permission of the involved parties made these recordings and then leaked them again without permission, that goes against the law. It's a criminal effect. And so they want to know who the source is because now the source needs to pay for it the source is the crime is, is the criminal here in this crime and the source is the perpetrator and these are victims the people whose videos are being brought out even if they're fake or fabricated actually if they're fake or fabricated then that actually uh, becomes even worse because then in all case it is worse than slander and defamation and as you know in japan even there is a law where even if you slander or defame a person talking about something that is even the truth um, he is still a victim and you will have to pay for it. You will, ha you will have to go to prison for it and pay fine, you know. So the same law, as I said, if you remember, this is basically, it stems from Islamic law, which says that you have the right to attack a person who violates your personal space. And this is a direct violation. Uh, when you defame a person or slander a person, this too has its own law in the Islamic law. Uh, as the Prophet had already very severely punished those people who slandered Hazrat Aisha, if you remember. So he had laid down the law. Uh, actually, okay, the Prophet did not severely punish those people, but the punishment came uh, from God, I guess. But I mean, the point is that the Prophet himself also had, uh, he reprimanded those people very harshly and severely saying that nobody has the right to slander or character assassinate somebody or defame somebody uh, especially a woman especially when it comes down to a woman then it it is double it is double the crime so for example right now if you're these people they've always they they slandered and defamed Benazir Bhutto this Nawaz Sharif and his family and then they slandered and defamed Jemima Khan Imran Khan's one and only true wife, okay, as the public always thinks of her as the one and only true wife of Imran Khan, then they slandered, and now they've slandered and defamed Bushra Bibi, his wife, who, by the way, is an MBBS doctor, thank you very much. She's a highly educated woman. She's no fool, and she has kept herself way back in the corner. Okay, she never spoke to anybody. She never even liked people recording her when she did her charity work. And she has done a lot of charity work. She does a lot of charity work. She does not like to be, uh, like unlike Shabazz Sharif and his family who always like to stand for photo shoots. She actually used to tell the camera people to please leave her alone before she started on her projects. So you're slandering a woman, a highly educated woman who has done nothing to you and said nothing to you. You fabricated news against her, which again is a sin. It's a sin and a crime. It's a sin morally and ethically in Islam. And it's also a crime in Sharia law. 
okay so why haven't they paid for any of this why hasn't maryam nawaz been charged for any of this and yes yes imran khan finally did declare that he is suing uh, i think nabs uh, chairperson i think it is and good for him but i think he should go ahead and sue pdm as well and he should sue maryam nawaz and he should sue uh, shahbaz sharif as well for slandering and defamation of his wife as well as for trespassing as, as well as for a violation of their uh, rights as well as a violation of their privacy so as well as inciting hate speech and inciting violence um so maryam nawaz the amount of violence that maryam nawaz has incited in every single speech of hers it is a miracle that nobody even spoke up about it and that is that has been one of my pet peeves you know apart from the pet peeve that the that the stupid court has been asleep for so long never even asking this pertinent question as to the legality of uh, wiretapping and surveilling and bugging other people which finally they've woken up to do well i'm i'm still not impressed to be honest but i'm still pissed because you remembered now to ask this question after 3 and a fucking years seriously what is wrong with you people and then we have the other part where um imran khan is actually because they thought that they would just ban imran khan like hello which country are you living in you do realize this is pakistan this is a place where if you ban something then those people who don't even like it will now like it and they will want to have it okay this is the kind of people we are okay so when sugar when the price for sugar was hiked uh, and and a deliberate shortage Uh, an artificial shortage was created for sugar do you remember the lines of people standing there just to buy sugar the same thing when they did with the uh, with flour and when they did it with you know other subsidized items people who never even bothered with sugar for example people who would probably prefer to eat jaggery they suddenly wanted sugar why because now sugar is in a shortage and so it's very expensive so now we want sugar this is the kind of people we are okay these are not the kind of people who are going to boycott even if even when the media just begged the people to boycott sugar they never did it okay this is the kind of people pakistanis are so you think that banning imran khan was going to help you it just destroyed you i mean imran khan is already the king of hearts over here he was he's already the most popular person in pakistan which is why he has the largest party in pakistan which i keep reminding you is that the reason why imran khan has the largest party in pakistan is because the public of pakistan are his members they are members of his party they are supporters they are they are the voters okay yes he pissed us off a lot by all the mistakes that he made in the 3 years that he had premiership yes we you know we were extremely angry at him and you know we were you know very uh, disappointed but again we knew one thing for sure and that that was an that he was an honest man and that there was no question about it and that is the same thing that the western media also knows which is why the the western media would always give him that full coverage which nawaz sharif or zardari or maryam nawaz would never get in a billion years it's because i think people keep forgetting this but imran khan is an open book he always was when he was a playboy he was an open book when he suddenly became very religious he was an open book when he changed his stances he did it very openly there was never anything hidden about him his whole life is an open book 
um, he's the the way he changed. He practically, you can say, grew up in front of us. You know, so mentally, his progress as a human being, it was all in front of us. It wasn't behind closed doors like Nawaz Sharif and Shabazz Sharif and Maryam Nawaz and all, which people don't even know what the fuck they're even doing behind closed doors, by the way. And Zardari and his family, even who even knows what they're doing or who they are, or what they are. Nobody. So yeah, he is an open book. Every mistake of his life is open to us. Every bad decision of his life is open to us. Every change of decision he ever made, every U-turn he ever took is open to us. So he is a transparent man. You can't fuck with a transparent man. And that is where these these people who themselves are not transparent, who always have hidden agendas, and who live double but triple and quadruple lives, who are two-faced and hypocrites, they obviously do not get it. So they keep on lashing at him in the same way they would lash at each other because they're all of the same caliber. They keep forgetting he's not of their caliber because unlike them, he's a transparent man. They are not. So whenever they try to attack him, it just goes back at them. Like now, we're banning him. Banning him just just screwed them up. Why? Because the minute they banned him, um, the, the social media was taken by storm by the Pakistani public that was already pretty pissed off anyway. So now, as you know, the public of Pakistan, they excel in making fun of people. And so the minute they found out that, okay, they're banning Imran Khan, they started making fun of Maryam Nawaz. And they started making memes out of Maryam Nawaz and Shabazz Sharif and one or two of their minions, who's, as I said, they, their their whole speech begins with Imran Khan and it ends with Imran Khan. So if you've, you've practically censored them out of the mainstream media, so they have nowhere to go now because they can't even take his name. So people are now literally making fun of them. Uh, and, you know, the it's it's just backfired very, very badly. Because if anything, where he had uh, 70 to 80 percent votes, uh, now he has 95 percent vote. So he has become even more powerful, you know, even more powerful. So the demographics have, have just worked for him in his favor uh, and not against him as they thought it would. And And again, as I said, how stupid of them to even think it would work in the first place. What's wrong with them? So we're dealing with stupid people. On the other hand, the ladies... Um, who uh, the hair, hair is a smack on the face for the ladies uh, of, uh, you know, Maryam Nawaz's party and Zardari's party who were going around yesterday or today, you know, saying stuff like, oh, you can't even bear jail. You don't even, you couldn't even stay in jail for a few hours and look at us. We have practically lived in jails. I'm like, number one, it's, it's nothing to be proud of. If you've been in and out of jails, that's because you guys were criminals. Number two, your elites never went to jail. Your elite females, Maryam Nawaz, she never really went to jail, okay? She, she really didn't. I don't care what she says. That is not going to jail where you have all the facilities provided and you have servants and you have mobile phones and you can contact anybody to get anything. Even when Nawaz Sharif was in jail, that is why, in fact, it used to piss me off every time they would go to jail. It's because they're eating up our taxes, they're eating up our hard-earned taxes. You're spending so much money putting them in jail, treating them like kings and queens, 
right? Nobody raped Maryam in jail. Thank you very much. Nobody tortured her. She just had to wash her clothes one day and then she started screaming blue murder. Oh, I washed my clothes in jail. Yeah. Well, you were in jail, princess. It wasn't your fucking castle. And now you're trying to call the women of PTI princesses. Why? Because they're being raped and tortured and bitten all over. Because you've let loose some pigs and dogs and swines. And so you think that, oh, you know, so they cannot... Hello, you were not raped. None, and, and first of all, you weren't even in prison in the first place. And, and those who belonged to the lower... Uh, strata of your of your political party, you know, those who were just at the at the bottom of it, they went to jail, and they're the ones who, who are right now, you know, being so proud of it. But again, they were not raped, they were not tortured, they were kept in jail, in female jails, in fe you know, in an all female police station. They were dealt with by female police officers. You know, they were not dragged by their hair or by their clothes or by their arms in the streets in front of the public. And, you know, they were not bitten or tortured or raped. Thank you very much. So, yeah, don't you dare talk to us about that. Don't you even dare talk to us about your stunts in jail. Okay, those dramas of yours, it's, it's not going to work. Especially, and, and you were also saying, what, they could not, that they cannot bear it? They born, They have borne much more than you could ever. You can't even think of what they're going through. And yet, even after 25 days, these women are standing tall. As I said in my previous episodes, that if you thought that by torturing them or by sexually molesting them or raping them or, you know, uh, keeping them captive... Uh, that you are going to instill fear and shame in these women, you're messing with the wrong women. You're messing with educated women who are highly aware of their rights as Muslim women. These are women who know what their privilege is in Islam and who know that the shame is on you, not on them, because they're victims. You're the perps. These women are not going to suddenly be quiet. And that is actually how it backfired in the first place. The first two women that you released thinking that, oh, we've done so much to them now we've subdued them you know we've instilled fear in them we've made them to submit to us and they were the ones who came out and actually talked about how women are being tortured and raped and dr yasmin when she came out she talked about how the girls were being treated and how khatija shah was being treated She's the one who first also talked about it. And that is when you people, your mothers died, you know. That is when you suddenly had to have freaking funerals of your mothers. Why? Because these women, they were not going to keep quiet. And even after 25 days, the women, when they were going, uh, when they were taken out uh, into for another so-called uh, identification parade, they lashed out. They lashed out at the police, they lashed out at their own lawyers even, they lashed out at the at everybody in front of them. And they were like, you kept us in for 25 days, every single night at 3 a.m. in the morning, who are those five women who keep on coming to search us? What are they searching us for? And why are you treating us like this? And why do you, and what makes you think that you can get away with it? These are our legal rights that you have just stepped on. 
you are violating our human rights. We need to see our families. You've not allowed us to meet or see or contact our families. You're damn well going to do that right now. We won't budge from here. We're not going to go into court even if you're not going to listen to us. So, you know, they took a stand and they took a stand for each other. And then, you know, they start. And these are those elite women who come from very, very elite, very, very well-educated, very, very wealthy families. So they stood their ground and they just lashed out. So yes, so much for subduing them, assholes. You just fucked up again. These women are still standing tall and proud and they are fighting for their rights and they are not leaving PTI. The men who have left PTI are probably going to be uh, put to more shame by the public after after this scenario because these women actually lashed out in front of the camera. And that is what is now going viral all over social media because um, uh, actually that is what I think that the women took advantage of the fact that there was press there and they decided to talk about the things that they knew people were lying about. For example, Alia had simply said very openly, she's like, how dare you say there are only 11 women? Sometimes you're saying there's 17 women. There are about 19 of us here. There are about 19 of us. How can you lie to everybody saying there are only 11 women? So she also disclosed the number of women who, right now who that she knew were there with her, right? Including Khatija. And then she lashed out about the violation of their rights, the violation of their privacy, and the, and the you know, subjugation uh to torture so there we have it you thought that because they are from decent families and that they are from wealthy families and that they had lived sheltered lives you are underestimating people like us people like us have always been the forerunners in any revolution in case you've forgotten look at your history as you know it's always the it's always those people who are from educated middle to upper middle to elite classes who belong to respectable uh, uh, respectable families who have a lot of privileges in their life. These are the people who have always led revolutions. They are the ones who have always led other people into this because they are the ones who always think that it's their responsibility to fight for those who have nothing. So... We're not talking about those elites that we have nowadays, the, the elites like Mariam Nawaz and all, who came from, you know, from the gutter and, and the slums and became rich through haram ki kamai. We're not talking about those people. We're talking about truly respectable families, the, you know, the, the, the old rich people or the educated people, the, the people, the old money, which we call people who come from old money, and even those who are, uh, you know, bourgeois, it's always the bourgeois that works the hardest for any country, for your information. So much for the French always uh, talking about, uh, talking against the bourgeois. But if you remember, it was the bourgeois that actually truly uh, led the revolution in France and, sh- and just destroyed everything in their path. So, yeah. We're not talking about nouveau riche here. We're talking about old money people. We're talking about people who are in the academia. We're talking about people who are in the middle class and in the higher middle class. We're talking about people who are well-to-do, but they are working hard. They're working hard. They're not earning black money. They're not doing haram ki kamai to get that. 
to get that that status that they have in life and in society we're talking about those people so what the hell made you think that those people were never going to speak up for the country or for their rights those are the people who always do speak up again look at your history okay qaid e azam and uh, you know and all the other nawabs and you know like liaquat ali khan and all they were all privileged people and they were the ones who created this country for whom for the ordinary people not for you not for you mofos to come and hijack our country and then put in your own stupid pathetic so called philosophies that are there aren't even half baked to be honest i mean you're just you know kidnappers and hijackers and you don't even you're not even capable of making your own country even if you had to so this is all you could do hijack another person's dream hijack another person's country and then you know screw it because that's all you can do all you've done is screwed our country to bits and that is all you can do and all you will be able to do the establishment the intelligence agencies the army i guess uh the last time you guys faced the wrath of the people was during yahya's time isn't it well buckle in guys because you're t- this is now coming up for for you, your turn is coming up again because right now it doesn't matter what you say or do the public has immense resentment towards the establishment and towards the army and towards pdm and towards maryam nawaz and the public would much rather just have everybody killed off and resurrect uh, uh, not even resurrect actually never to resurrect in fact so what the public would much rather have is to kill everybody off and destroy the foundation and recreate it from scratch which was actually why again i'll repeat we we voted for imran khan because we wanted him to destroy the foundation and build it from scratch so let us see now what more happens but at the moment yeah so lahore high court has woken up to just to summarize and they have finally declared the illegal status of the videos and audios that they are being flooded with um and as i said most of these so called nude videos are fabricated they are you know deep fakes or fakes and even if some of them are real again they're still Ill- illegal because it's without the permission of the person involved and the, and so the as they say the the source of these tapes the source of these audio visuals uh needs to be brought to light because they because that is a person who's going to be punished and we all know who the source is and that is maryam nawaz and rana sadala is the is her hand in it so we have that number 2 imran khan's uh, popularity has only just you know jumped even higher right number 3 the women in jail uh, who they thought they would subdue um they they have actually not been subdued they are um completely destroying the hunters so the hunters have become the prey and the prey have become the hunters at this point and the australian government is actually working for something here uh, or towards something um the british government is too busy having kittens as to how everything has gotten out of control the american uh, senate is just shitting its pants in panic mode because again everything's gone out of control 
and the Canadian government, I'm sorry to say, but I, I don't see anything going on there. And that's a huge disappointment. Unless and until Khatija Shah is not brought out of jail and unless and until there is no activity by the Canadian embassy, I'm having no... Uh, I really have nothing positive to say. Um, and again, I would repeat now the same question, which I'm sure in a few days, maybe some journalists will also start saying or pick up, I hope. Again, why is Pakistan not declared a dangerous country? Why have attaches not been asked to return home? Why are diplomats not being withdrawn? Why are embassies not being closed? You need to think about that. So this is me signing out, Khuda Hafiz.